0: Alright, so sorry if you missed the first couple minutes My bad uh, So anyway, uh, I want to get back on track And uh, get back into just what God is what, what What's happening in the book of Joshua So I try to not get sidetracked with those little mini-studies But sometimes it's just, there's too much there to not And so, for the most part When when we're going through this in point, I like to just take some time and, and show you what's going on And how that compares to your life And, and how we can do that And so we know that in, in, in Joshua, we haven't got very far into it, but you know they they come out of they're still in uh, the wilderness. Uh, Moses has died. Joshua is now the new leader, and so you know they're getting ready to go into the Promised Land. They're finally going to get to the Promised Land. They've walked around in the wilderness for forty years. They've ate manna, right? And not that there's anything wrong with manna from heaven, but like you can only eat the same thing for so long before it's like, oh my gosh. My sister, my my sister, my daughter had a birthday party last Saturday, and uh, my wife made enough food for like I don't know five times as many people that were there. We ate chicken and noodles for like every night this week. I like chicken and noodles for the first six times. But like, it was, so you can only, I can only imagine like manna from heaven sounds great until it's like, oh look, it's, it's manna again. Yay! And so, you know, they we find out here coming up that, you know, they don't have to eat man anymore. They get to start eating the, the old corn from the, the land. So anyway, w- with all this, God has provided for them in the wilderness, but they're still in the wilderness, right? And there's this promised land that God's been talking about. And so, finally, He tells Joshua, okay, it's finally time to go. You guys are going to go. So Joshua sends the spies in to spy out Jericho, and that was chapter 2. right? We, we read all about Rahab. And so let's get back on track to where what's going on in the story. I didn't want you to kind of get too bogged down in the details and so that brings us up the spies come back they tell joshua man god has given us this place these people are terrified of us they're terrified of god like this is not a big deal okay And so we roll into chapter 3 and you get the opposite action of what happened (coughs) with their fathers when he sent 12 spies into the land. They were just terrified. They're like, oh my gosh, we can't go there. The people are huge. They're going to kill us. Well, okay, this time the spies come back and they're like, these people are terrified of God. Uh, We need to go and take it. Okay. And so we see the the right reaction. And so as we get into Joshua chapter 3 today, I've got five questions. It's always a list. That's just the way it works. Five questions that will reveal if you were ready to cross the Jordan in your life, right? Five questions that will reveal if you're ready to cross the Jordan in your life. And when I say the Jordan, so the Jordan River was like, it was like the threshold. They're like, we're finally going to get where we need to be, where God promised us to be. And it's like, there are times in life where it's like, I just want to get where God wants me to be. Like, I know where I need to be. I know what I need to be doing. I know the, the decisions I should be making. I know that... At the end of the day, I probably ought not do that anymore. I probably shouldn't do this. I I know what that is, but I just need to get past it. I just need to get past, and you know, we can call that the Jordan, like the river in your life. Like, so we'll find out here in a little bit. There's ways across Jordan, right? And so we'll talk about that in a minute. But how are you going to? So five questions that are going to reveal to you. Right, and I've already dealt with this in my life, and so you need to ask these questions that will reveal if you're ready to cross the Jordan in your life. So let's just read some of this, uh, Joshua uh, chapter three, in verse one. It says, "And Joshua rose up early in the morning. That's always key. Uh, and they removed um, from Shittim uh, and came to Jordan, and he caught, and he and all the children of Israel, and they lodged there before they passed over." And it came to pass after three days, I'm sure that's just a coincidence, right? You know, three days, I I don't know, you guys can do that study in your Bible on your own time. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests of the Levites uh, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. form one uh, verse four yeah, uh, yet there shall be a space between you and it about two thousand cubits by measure come not near into it that you may uh, that you may know the way which you must go for you have not passed this way heretofore it's a very King James word heretofore right um so Basically, uh, they're going to cross Jordan. Joshua goes to the the captains, you know, the, the leaders of the army. He's like, "Hey, gather up the people. Tell them this is kind of the start of the plan." Okay, and so a couple things I want you to to see here is uh, the Ark of the Covenant. What is that? Like in the Old Testament, that is um, that is basically. Uh, the lord god to them then they know they know the lord is in heaven but that represents god to them they're going to follow god into this thing and so the first question you need to ask yourself if you're ready to cross jordan if you're ready to cross the jordan in your life is am i ready to change my way to god's way am i ready to change my way to... so it's really easy to do things the way you've always done them right like this is how i do things um uh, I'm set in my ways. Uh, I don't really want to change. I have no desire to change. I want to. Uh, uh, I can bring God into my way, but I'm going to do it my way, right? And so, you have to ask us, Am I ready to change my way to God's way? So, fast forward. If you've read the book of Joshua, you you can understand. I've made the the kind of tongue-in-cheek comment like, "How are they crossing Jordan? Like the spies go cross Jordan. They go see Jericho. They come back. How does this work?" So. They don't really have bridges uh, back in Joshua's day, okay? But there were places in the river. Now, the Jordan River is a, a large river. It's not just like you know a stream in your backyard that when it rains it fills up right it's a it's a large river and i made the comment several weeks ago when we were talking about you know crossing the river and how does that work like you can't just decide you know what i'm going to do today i'm going to go jump in the missouri river and swim across it it doesn't work like that right it's it's deep uh there's crazy currents in it. i used to work uh on the missouri river when i worked at the sand plant and like it was you, if you fell in the river, it was going to be bad because there's undercurrents. You don't just jump in and get across. It doesn't work like that. Like, oh, I'm a good swimmer. It's going to work. It doesn't work like that. But with the Jordan River, there were places in the river that you could cross, right? And they called those the the fords, or how how did you read? How do you say that? The fords, right? I was I was not a fjord. like with in. Okay, I'm sorry. I never mind. I'm not even going to go there. Uh, Anyway, Prince Hans, uh, for you Disney lovers. So, uh, Anyway, so there were places that you could cross, right? It was, you know, back then they didn't take care of the rivers like we do now, and there were places that it was always flood, and so it was, you know shallower they could cross there. So anyway, the whole point here uh, that I want to bring up, so if you fast forward to verse 4, he says, Yes, shall so there be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near into it, that you may know uh, which way you must go. So what what they're trying to tell the people is, hey, you're going to follow the Ark of the Covenant. You're going to follow, quote-unquote, God, but you need to watch which way it goes because we're not going to go the way we normally do. right?" He says that, uh, For ye have not passed... Uh, Yeah, you have not passed this way here before, meaning you've never crossed Jordan the way we're going to cross it, right? We're not going to go on down to the crossing, right? We're not going to go on down to the only place, right? Why? Because there's people there waiting for us. They know that we're getting ready to cross and they're probably like set up ready to ambush us. And uh, Joshua's just like, hey, we're not going to go that way. You need to follow the ark. You need to follow God, and you need to keep your eye on Him because we're going to cross a way that you've never done this before, right? And so that's the first question you got: Am I ready to change my way to God's way? If you tell me, "Hey, we're going to go across Jordan," then they're like, "Okay, well, I know where we do that at. It's right down, you know, around the bend over here, and you know that's where you have to cross." And he's just like, "No, are you ready? If you're going to cross whatever it is in your life that you can't get past, whatever it is that it's just like, man, this is really stumbling me up. Like, I need to take that next." If you're ready to cross it, you need to finally decide that, okay, the only way you're ever going to get there is to stop doing it your way, right? Because there's always somebody there to ambush. There's always somebody there to trip you up. There's always somebody there that's going to get you off track. Stop doing it your way. Keep focused on God and do it His way. The only way that you're ever going to, am I ready to change my way to God's way? A couple of examples here, and I don't have a whole lot of time, but, Uh, The Apostle Peter in the book of Acts. I don't want to go read this, but you can write the reference down. So Acts uh, chapter 10, verse 9 to 16. Uh, Basically, uh, Peter's hanging out, and uh, God is sending some guys over uh, to see him, right? Cornelius, uh, his servants, and I really want to go back and look at this, but we don't have time. So he sends them back, and so Peter has this vision from God, and basically uh, he sees the sheet come down. All right, I want to read this. Uh, I'm not going to read all of it, but I want to read some of it because it, it just cracks me up because this is, this is definitely how the Apostle Peter was. Uh, holy smokes, I can't turn pages now. Uh, Acts chapter 10, if you want to turn there, you can. Uh, I'll read it to you. Uh, verse 9, it says... Uh, and, and this is just a really good example of what this is like. And so, in verse 9, and on the morrow, uh, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 2, yeah, in verse 9, uh, and on the morrow, they as they went on a journey, meaning the, the servants of Cornelius to go talk to Peter, and during to, to the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray upon the sixth hour, about the sixth hour. It's what's noon, uh, and he came he came very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made they made ready, he fell into a trance, meaning you know they was they was getting lunch ready, and he was hungry he was ready to eat, but it wasn't ready yet, okay uh, and he saw heaven opened and a uh, a certain vessel descending unto him as it were uh, a great sheet knit on the four corners and let down to the earth. Now I don't want to get into all the details of this but anyway, uh, verse 12, wherein were all men are a four-footed beast of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the earth uh, and there came a voice unto him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Now you have to understand, Peter's a Jew, not just a Jew but he's like the leader of the Jews. The Jews didn't eat uh, certain meats. It was not okay for them to do. But Peter said, so you gotta understand, this is a voice from heaven. Now I've never heard like the audible voice of God just come to me and say, like, hey, do this. But if I did, I'm really hoping my answer is not what Peter's was. Like, but Peter said, Not so, Lord. I can't do that. Like, that's against the rules. Like, you got this the audible voice of God. Hey, go over there. Yeah, I don't really want to. Like, that's not my that's not my style, that's not my jam, right? But no, he's like, hey, rise, Peter, kill and eat. He's like, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Uh, I'm more holy than that. I don't do that. Like that's for the Jews that are like only half Jews, right? That they, they, you know they break the rules. I, I'm way more religious than that. I'm not going to do that. What's God's? And the voice spake unto him again, the second time. What God hath cleansed, thou uh, that call thou uh, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, so it took three times before Peter was like, "Oh, maybe this is God talking to me, right?" And then, uh, yeah. It had, so it happened three times, and so anyway. So the, the the whole point here is, you know, there has to be a time in your life where you understand. I have to be willing to change my way to God's way. Like if God says, hey, this is what we're going to roll, this is how things are going to change, this is what we're going to do, you need to be ready to say, all right. Like, I, okay, if this is the way we're going to do it, I'm on board. Let's go. You know, and I'm not saying that you need to just be like, well, you know what I think God told me? He told me that, like, uh, church wasn't really necessary. And, you know, fellowship with believers, not, it didn't have to happen. And, you know, what really what we could do is sleep in on Sundays and, you know, do whatever we wanted to do. And, and, you know, as long as we love God and, you know, no, that's not what happened, right? Levi's like, no, that's not true. Like, we don't do that. Like, too often, that's what happens. Though we get worldly, and we're like, "But I don't really need the church." Well, you're right; you don't. I don't really need the people. Well, I, you need the people more than you think, right? You need the fellowship. You need the accountability. You need all of those things, okay? And so, at some point, you have to understand that you've got to change your way to be God uh, to God's way. Another example of this is Paul, right? He's on the he's on the road to kill some Christians uh, in Acts chapter uh, nine, verse one to six, and you know, God had to basically or shoot down light from heaven and say hey uh, are you ready to change your way yet because uh, it's time you know at some point this happens in your life now i've never like i've never heard the audible voice of god uh, i've never had like lightning from heaven come down and just like say hey are you ready to change your way but like there's been some opportunities in life where i felt like it was the next best thing like god was like hey uh, it's time to change. Are you ready? Because if not, uh, this might not turn out well for you, okay? And so the point here is, like, at what point do you have to ask yourself, am I ready to, to stop doing it my way and maybe say, okay, God, what, what was your plan then, right? And I get it. We we live in a world where we want to do things our way. We think we've got it figured out. We've got something, we've got something working for us and, like... Just because you think you got something working for you doesn't always happen, right? The Chiefs thought they had something working for them going into the season. Like, I don't know if you watch football, but, uh, they ain't got nothing working for them right now. Uh, offense, defense, none of it. Like, hopefully it gets a little different, but, like, just because you think you got something figured out, you need to find out, is that what God's asking me to do? You've heard me use the example, um, uh, that the cut off the end of the ham story, right? Uh, Dion Beechner used to tell this story all the time, and he's just like, I'm sure most of you heard this, but, uh, D- d- I can't ever tell this story Paige quickly like I uh. they're at Thanksgiving they're cooking the ham the way that grandma always cooked it it's grandma's recipe grandma always made the best ham we will not stray from grandma's recipe so they chop off the buttons of the ham put it in the pan do all their stuff and cook it and Dion's like why are you showing off the ham that's like good meat and they're like it's grandma's recipe and so he's like I'm going to ask Grandma. So he goes and finds Grandma. He's like, Grandma, why do you chop the ends of the hand off? That's like wasting good meat. And she's like, that's the only way I could get it to fit in my pan. And it's just an example of, and I love that story because that's what we do in our life. Like, well, this is the way I've always done it, right? And I'm not saying, because I'm I'm actually the opposite of this in a lot of ways. We have to recreate the wheel in everything that we do. Like, if some things work, keep, keep rolling with it, but... Understand why you do what you do. Don't ever get to a point in life where it's like, I'm doing this just because that's the way I've always done it. Now, if you know that's why you do it, and you know that you know God is blessing it, then that's one thing. But don't ever get to a point in your life where it's just like, well, this is just the way we've always done it. Well, guess what? The way you've always done it has no purpose, right? And if you go and find out the source of it. And so make sure that you are ready to change your way to God's way. Like, understand... uh, Totally flat out of my brain. I understand that Joshua was like, hey, yeah, we're going to go cross Jordan. And, you know, the hundreds of thousands of people that were in, uh, you have to understand, there weren't just like a couple hundred people. Like, we're talking hundreds of thousands of people in Israel, in the wilderness, ready to cross Jordan. Like, and they know, okay, here's what we're doing. We're headed, we're going to cross Jordan the way we've always crossed. And Joshua's like, no, we're going to do it a little differently this time. Keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on the ark, right, on God. And follow me. I'm going to show you something, right? And you have to understand in your life. Am I ready to do that? Moving on, because we are quickly approaching the end of class, and I've got a lot to say. Uh, it goes on to say, but I'm not in. Uh, I got to find my spot. Hang on, uh, <clears throat> Joshua chapter three. So uh, he says, "Get ready. We're going to go cross the way that we've never crossed before." Verse five. And Joshua said unto the people, "Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you." Now, just understand this for a minute. God didn't just talk to everybody back then, right? He had a spokesman. It was Moses forever. And then so Moses dies, and it's very clear that Joshua is the new spokesman, right? And so God speaks through his spokesman. In the New Testament, just to give you some insight, God speaks through... The mouthpiece of he so he uses the preacher, right? He uses the word of God, but if you're looking for to hear it from a person, he uses uh, the pastor or the preacher. That's just the way he does, okay? And so he's using Joshua and he says, Hey, this is what God has to say for you. We're getting ready to go cross, like last. Last minute instructions. You know, you're getting ready to jump out of the plane. Is there anything that I need to know, right? Which cord do I pull? Like, uh, how does this work? Like, last minute instructions before we go and, you know, maybe die here. Uh, what, do you, what, what is it that God wants me to do? Sanctify yourselves. Because God's going to do something in your life, right? And so, with one verse, the second question you've got to ask yourself Am I ready to actually, and I had to throw that in there, am I ready to actually sanctify myself from the world? Because we are Christians, I get it. Like I'm preaching to the choir. Y'all are here at like nine or nine thirty or whatever time we start, right? I, you didn't just stumble in here off the off the road, you know, out of the world. You know, you're all going to claim, yes, I'm sanctified. What does sanctified mean in the Bible? It means set apart, right? So if you, when it says to sanctify yourself, it means to set apart yourself, be different than everybody else, right? So when it says, hey sanctify yourselves, you're all like, uh, yeah, we're here, I get it, right, I'm not that, so I had to throw the word actually in there, because guess what, sometimes we like to think that we're sanctified, but we're not, am I ready to actually sanctify myself from the world, it means that we're set apart, John seventeen seventeen 17 says, uh, sanctify, shoot, it just fell out of my brain, yeah, that word is truth, this is, yeah, are you positive? I feel like there's another word in there. I don't know why. Uh, John 17, 17. Uh, says, so Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. I thought there was something there. I said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So how are you going to get yourself sanctified? How are you going to get yourself set apart and different from the world? It's not going to be by doing what we naturally would want to do. I'm going to try really hard. Right? I'm going to try really hard to not do this anymore. I'm going to try really hard to not say that anymore. I'm going to try really hard to uh, not talk like that to my kids. To not talk like that to my wife. I'm going to try really hard to stop this bad habit that's very worldly. I'm going to try really hard, you know, and you just set your mind to it. And it's like I'm not going to do it anymore. And the devil's just like, Hey, watch this! You're not going to make it like ten minutes, you know. And the only way that you're going to sanctify yourself, the only way that you're going to set apart yourself from the world. By word is truth. You want to sanctify yourself. You want to set yourself apart. It's only going to come by getting in the Word of God. That's the only way it happens. It doesn't happen by trying harder. It doesn't happen by really wanting it, right? Those things make you want to get in the Word. Like, if I'm going to say I'm not going to be like that anymore, I'm going to be holy. I'm going to set apart myself. It's good. So that want to is going to drive me to this book. And then the book is going to show me how to do it. Right, Because you're not going to be able to do it on your own. It just doesn't work like that. The want to drives you to the book. The instruction manual tells you how to do it. Okay, so um, am I ready to actually sanctify myself? Uh, you can say where you're at, but John chapter 15, uh, you know, we, we all like the not-of-this-world brand and all that, but this, this is where this came from. John chapter 15 and verse 18. Uh, this is Jesus talking. He says, If the world hate you, You know that it hated me before it hated you. Verse 19, If you were of the world, the world would love his own. Meaning, if you were just worldly, the world would not have any problem with you. Right? Because you're just like them. If you were of the world, the world would love love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, uh, therefore the world hateth you. Meaning, and he goes on to say, you know, hey... Uh, if they're going to persecute me, uh, me they're going to persecute you. Just expect it. That's what happens. The whole point is, you know, there's, there's the, the Christian brand, not of this world, right? And I really, I, I kind of like the symbol. It looks kind of cool. But anyway, the, the whole point comes out of this verse, meaning we can't be like the world. We, ha- we need to be in the world, but not of the world. Okay, so that means that when we act like Christ at work, when we act like Christ just in our daily lives. The world doesn't like that. Why? Well, because the world doesn't like Jesus freaks. Well, that's not the truth. The world doesn't like it because you are now light. Jesus Christ himself says, I am the light. It's like taking a flashlight into the dark. The dark doesn't like that because now whatever was going on in the dark is now revealed. Right? The world doesn't like you living holy, you living sanctified, you living like Christ because all of a sudden it's showing how much they're not. And they don't like that. If you act like them, they have no problem with you. Because you're, you know, it says the world will love its own. But as soon as you start acting separate, set apart, different, the world wants no part of that. You know, you roll into work, and if you just keep your mouth shut, you just roll with the punches. Like the, the people at work don't get no problem with that, right? The people at school don't have no problem with that. You start acting like Christ. You start saying things that are, you know, godly. You start living it out. Now all of a sudden they're like, what's wrong with you? You know, oh, it's because you act like christ you are now shining light on their worldliness right especially do it around christians right they really don't like it because they're like oh well, i'm supposed to be acting like that too and i'm not and it really looks bad to them so the whole point is you need to be in the world but not of the world right just just kind of remember be in the world we have to go i i have to go and work in the world every day it's just part of it right uh now, my circumstances are a little bit different. I don't work around a bunch of lost guys like I used to, but still, I have to be in the world. It doesn't mean I have to be of the world. right? Uh, another way to say this, uh, Jeremy Bonison said this uh, to me one time, and it really stuck. He was talking about raising, so he had three uh, boys. They raised him up. Uh, they went to public school. They did all the things, right? And I'm not saying public schools is good or bad or otherwise, right? It actually is different for every person and um every situation okay so but he 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 said this and he wasn't talking about school when he said this but he said we have to insulate our kids not isolate our kids right meaning you can put your kids in a little bubble right what was the movie way back when i don't even remember a uh, bubble boy right it's like we're talking like my teen years now but like the, the kid walks around in this little bubble all the time right he's bouncing off of stuff and like the, the whole point is uh, he'll never get hurt if he's in the bubble okay well you can put yourself in a bubble all you want you can I you, you can isolate yourself all you want. There will be a day when the bubble pops. We can raise our kids to let them never, ever hear a bad word, see a bad thing, know anything, right? And but what good is that gonna do? Because there will be a day when they leave our house. Right? You hear that Britton? There will be a day when you leave our house. Like you're not gonna live there forever. Okay? Let your siblings know that as well. Like you can't stay forever. You know? Even the, we can work out an extended stay for a while, but like not forever. Like, it doesn't work like that, right? <laughs> You're not helping, Nick. <laughs> the point is, at some point, we can we can insula- or we can isolate them from everything until they until I can't, right? And so the point is, you want to insulate them that way when they do go into the world, when they do go to school or you know go to god forbid church some of the things they hear at this place from other kids and like i'm i'm not saying i'm just saying right and like wherever they go when they move out like i want my kids to be insulated with the word of god and know how to handle certain situations not isolated because if they've been isolated now all of a sudden it's like oh my god did you even know that this was a thing? Like. I, I understand there's some wicked stuff in the world, okay? And so, um, I also would encourage you not that this is the parenting class, you can come on Wednesday, but, uh, have open dialogue with your kids, right? Uh, we, we kind of have this, uh, this rule in our, our house, like, if you're old enough to ask it, you're old enough to hear the answer to it. And so, uh, that brings some awkward con- conversations sometimes. And so, uh, be ready to, you know, n- let your kids know that, like, there's nothing that they can't ask. Right? It might be a weird answer, but that's the answer. And so I just know that. So anyway, am I ready to actually sanctify myself from the world? Are you ready to set yourself apart? Like that that's a that's a real question. If you're ready, like, okay, what is the Jordan in my life? What is it that is just like, if I could just get past that, I will be in the promised land. I will be where God has called me to be, right? But I just gotta get past it. Okay, so these are some things you got to ask yourself. Am I ready to sanctify myself from the world? Am I ready to actually be set apart? Number three. Am I ready to put myself out there and do something, quote-unquote, crazy for God? Am I ready to put myself out there and do something that's, let's just call crazy for God, right? Am I ready to do that? This might be the last one we get through. I don't know how. You guys talk too much or something, but like, man. Anyway, it's the turkey. Verse 6. So Joshua says, hey, this is what we're going to do. Gather the priest. You're going to follow the ark. Keep your eyes on the ark. Keep your eyes on God. Sanctify yourself. Right. This is the one thing that God wants you to know. Right. Sanctify yourself. The Lord will do wonders among you. Verse six. And Joshua spake unto the priest. Right. So I like the fact that there's. This is very military esque the way that they're that they're built here. Right. So Joshua is the leader. Uh, he's the final say because God gives him the final word, okay? So obviously God is the leader, but he uses Joshua, okay? There's like the captains of the host. These are like captains of the army. But then on the other side, there's like a different division. I don't know what you would call it. You could ask Mitchell and he could tell you. But there's like a different division or, or whatever. Uh, ask Jesse. He was in the military as well, right? And there's there's a different, like, I don't, I don't know what you would call it. But anyway, and these are like the priests. They are their own, like, entity of themselves but they're still under god they still have their own so the priests like they're they're up there they might as well be as as good or better than the captains of the army right because if we're not doing things holy under the lord right then we're totally off but so he talks to the captains of the host they go tell the people hey get ready keep your eyes on god we've got something to go do but then he talks to the priests like this is their own separate thing and he says he's speaking to the priest saying take up the ark of the covenant Take God, right? Now, I understand that God is not there, but if you study the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament, like, this was how they transported, right, God. And they ended up building a tabernacle for him, for the Ark to live in, right, for God's house to be. So anyway, uh, he's speaking to the priest saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people, meaning let everyone see that we're going somewhere, that God is moving, Right, you have to let everybody. So let everybody see. And they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. That is like the most profound verse uh, in this chapter. Like Joshua said, "Hey, go do this," and then they went and did it. And it's like, what? There was no questions. Like there wasn't any. Like, but what if what, what if this happens? Like it's, it's an example of obedience to a T. Like, hey, go do this, and they're like, okay, we'll go do it. Like, and they went before the people. Verse seven. There's a lot to say there, but I don't have time. Uh, and the Lord said unto Joshua. This day, we'll circle back around here in a couple weeks. This day, will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know er, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. So before I go any farther, this is really cool. This verse is like I I kind of keep circling back around with this verse because God tells Joshua like, hey. Get the people all riled up. And he says this one little specific thing to Joshua, right? And you have to understand, there are times that God will just talk to you, right? There are times that God's like, hey, you need to let the people know this. Then there's other times that God just speaks to me. It's just like, I I know that that's not for everybody else. I know that God's just, and he's just like, hey, just so you know, like, today's the day. Like, I know that I've told you you're going to be, you know, the chosen. you're taking the place of Moses, right? But he says, Today is the day I'm going to start to magnify you. And I think that's really cool because God doesn't have to use us. God doesn't need us for anything. Just understand that. God doesn't need you to get the ministry done. God doesn't need you to go watch the kids. God doesn't need you to do X, Y, or He doesn't need it. Man, he does want you to be involved in it. right? But the fact that he tells Joshua, Today is the day that I'm going to start to magnify you. I'm going to make your name great. And it's like, why does he do that? And and this is kind of like one of those Rahab side studies, and I'll just give you the answer because I don't have five weeks to teach it, right? Because he knows that at the end of the day, Joshua is going to, in turn, take that glory and give it right back to God because that's how it's designed to be. God says, I'm going to magnify you and because he knows that Joshua is going to do what? He's going to turn around and give it right back to where it belongs, right? God is willing to shine the light. Right on you, man. Look at what this guy can do. Look at how good this guy can teach. Look at how good uh, this guy can minister. Look at how good this guy is at this, right? And God's like, that's fine. You can have all the glory you want. You better make sure it makes it back to where it belongs, right? Because that's at the end of the day, it's easy to say, yeah, we'll give God all the glory. Well, what glory? Like if you're living in the dumps and your life's a wreck and like you can't do anything right, it's really easy to say, I'm giving God all the glory. The glory for what, man? Get your life together right your life's a wreck but when somebody that has something going on it seems like man they've they've got something figured out here like that god is using them and then they say i'm going to give all the glory to god and it's like well that's really cool cuz it'd be really easy you know for them to be all professional athlete and be like hey look what i did right so you have to understand that like when god says i'm going to give you all this glory there, there's something to be said there because it's like, man, that's really awesome because he knows that I'm going to give it back. He knows that I'm going to point it back. I, he knows that I'm going to make the right decision. and So uh, so going on really quick, i got to get in. Uh, verse 8, And thou shalt command the priest that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, you should stand still in Jordan. <laughs> so he tells the priest, he's like, Hey, here's the plan. Uh, get all the people and go to Jordan, right? And we'll find out here, coming up not today but uh when you get there uh, this is like the widest portion of the river like the worst spot to cross here's the plan uh go stand in it <laughs> and what like that's the dumbest idea i think i've heard right like you want me to do what did you know that we could go on down yonder and like there's a spot to cross like there's a bridge down there like not really a bridge but like you you and then the priests are like are, are we really going to do this like are Go stand in the water with the, with the ark of God, like right, the ark of the covenant. Like, yeah, because that's a good idea. We're going to get swept away, and with the ark, is swept away, and the people are going. To, so this is the plan. Like, go and do what though. Stand with your feet in the river, right? And the question is, like, am I ready to put myself out there and do something that's crazy for God? Like, am I ready to just say, okay, this is not how I would have done this, but okay, right? Am I ready to like think about Noah? Uh, God's like hey go build an ark uh, the wrath of God is coming on the world uh, and I'm gonna flood the earth and Noah's like y- you realize it's never rained before right like it- up until this point in the world it had never rained he's like and you're gonna do what I- I'm gonna build a boat what is a boat there's no water right like how does this work just gonna it's gonna do what yeah, but he does he-, he just go he does it right uh, Abraham he's like hey take your only son Isaac and I want to expound on these but I can't in all time like Take take your son Isaac and go ahead and sacrifice him up on the mountain. And Abraham's like, all right, let's go. Right, we're gonna go yonder and worship, is what he says. Uh, think of David. Right, got little ready David. Like, hey, there's a giant over there, just calling out God, calling him, and you know what? And then David's like, is there? What, what does he say? It's like one of my favorite phrases in the Bible. He says, is there not a cause? Like the rest of these, the whole army of Israel is just like, I ain't going out there. Like that dude's big. And David's like, is there not a cause? God uses little ruddy David to go kill the giant, okay? Go on, you get to Paul, right? Paul's like, uh, there's a lot of Gentiles that need to be saved, right? It's, it's time to go and do something. Like, And the Jews are like, that's not a good idea, right? Those people are weird. Like, no, you need to go and you need to do it, right? It's time to get out there and do something. I could keep going, I could keep going, but the whole point here is every one of these men, That I just listed, right? Every one of them, or women, think about Rahab or anybody, every one of them, they knew before they ever did what they did, right? Built a boat, sacrificed their son, went against the giant. Like, they knew before they ever actually did what they did that God would come through, right? They knew it. They knew God was going to come through. They knew God was going to... It even says in Hebrews that Abraham believed that even if I would have chopped the neck off of old uh, Isaac, that God was going to bring him back from the dead. I was that confident in God. Like, there was no question in my mind that God was going to come through. It was the craziest idea in the world, but I had no question in my mind that God was going to come through. You're like, it's time to cross Jordan. It's time to get past whatever it is in my life. You need to, you know, instead of trying to do it the easy way, say, okay, God, what is it you want me to do? You want me to go stand with my feet in the water? All right, it's time. Like, socks or no socks? What, 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 what am I doing here, right? Uh, what's, what's the plan? Like, I understand. This is not the way that the world would do this. You know, you know why? Because you don't want to get your socks wet. There's nothing. There's nothing worse than having wet socks. Like you can get my entire body wet. Like keep my feet dry. I'm telling you. Why would not you take your socks off as you walk it down? Are you ready to just do something? Yeah. Do? Yeah. The, field, something? yeah. <laughs> the the question is like, are you are you are you ready to just be like, what is it that you want me to do, God? Right. And and, and the the whole point is, those guys, every one of them, they knew that God was going to come through before they ever did it. They knew God was going to come through. Like, you want me? You're gonna we're gonna do what? You're gonna flood the world, and I need to. Okay. I've never seen this before, but I know you're going to do it, right? Uh, you're going to kill the giant, and I'm just in how are we gonna do it? Oh no, I don't need your sword. I got my own plan right here God's like, hey, use what you know. Um, the point is that's what faith is. Like we as Christians we stand on this rock of yeah, we've got the faith of God, right? And, but that is what faith is. It is believing before you see it. It is believing that God is going to do it before you actually see it happen. You want to cross Jordan in your life. You want to finally be like, okay, it's time to go and do what God has called me to do. Right? I'm going to stop living like you know what. I'm going to start glorifying God with everything I do. Right? It starts with believing that God is going to come through before He ever does. Like that is that is what happens, right? There's we're going to have to catch the other ones next week, right? And we'll we'll circle back around. But like, God will put something in your life all the time for you to decide, right? He will bring you to the line and the sand and say, okay, now what are you going to do? Like, you have to make the decision on your own. God won't make it for you. But man, once you make it, He'll follow through for you. You have to be ready to just say, yes, God, I will go. Yes, God, I will do. And so there's a whole lot more of that coming up. So with that, let's pray and we'll get out of here. Um, if you guys got any questions, let me know. Father God, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for your word, Lord. I pray you just uh, get the honor and the glory for our lives. I thank you for the uh, just the event last night. It was just a really good time of fellowship. Uh, I pray that you are just continuing to uh, just be manifest in our lives, that we're willing to give you all the honor and the glory uh, for the things that happen in our lives and uh It's really just humbling to know that you're willing to give us any of the glory that uh, you deserve, Lord. And I pray that um, we do just in turn just shine it right back on you. And that because you are the one who gets. Uh, all of it uh, in eternity Lord so we can start uh, just by now giving it to you where it belongs I pray you just send us out this week as lights in a dark world uh, just uh, uh, pray for a good word this morning from a pastor from Alabama I pray you just, uh, are blessed uh, through the, the worship of your church Lord in Christ's name, Amen alright guys I'll see you next week